What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Happy New Year! I hope 2021 is off to a great start. Hope everyone is revving their engines in the right rate of Red Rockets about to get back out there on the road as soon as that vax is out to everybody. I want to see this country, so I hope this year starts off significantly better for you than 2020 did. Uh, my first ep of the year is with Sam Morell. I love this dude. He has a special right now out on YouTube that he put out himself from the rooftop in New York. He's the best. Uh, I don't have any dates planned right now, but go to andrewsantinostore.com if you want to pick up some moich and support over here. And uh, more support, uh, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash whiskeygingerpodcast. That helps us uh, with the people that put this together. Uh, I do uh, Cheeto Chats where I do a little bit of insight about what's going on in my life. We do Zooms with the top tier. There's discount codes and episodes without ads, uh, yada, yada, and all sorts of fun stuff on the Patreon. Please support it. It helps support this whole thing and keep it growing and moving along. Enough rambling from your boy. Let's go to the episode. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It's Sam Morell. Sam, what's up? Thanks for having me, man. Dude, thanks for coming on. This is your... Second time on the show. The first time we did it, we were in uh, Just for Laughs, Toronto or Vancouver. Mo- Montreal? Van- Vancouver. And that's so, I didn't, I didn't even, uh, all those kind of blurred together, those Just for Laughs, because yeah. I was in and out so fast. But um, I'm always yeah, we did in for a live. Like one day. I land, I do the show. I know. Like, but it sucks because Vancouver, Toronto, pretty good cities, man. Oh, they're great cities. I mean, I, I, every time I go, I have a really good time. It just, now the busier that, you know, you get when you're touring, yeah. you can't spend a lot of time there. That's why those moments, I always say that to young comics, those moments that you get to do JFL or New Faces or whatever, and people are like, what, they don't care about it? It's like, dude, cherish it because you're there for four days. Yeah. You should have the most fun. I mean, my, when I did uh, New I Faces, think, well, me and- Were we New Faces the same year? I think I was 2000 and- I don't even know, dude. Uh, I feel like we what, were. Maybe we weren't. What year were you? I think 2013. Yeah, 13 or 13 sounds right to me yeah. because I think 13. 13 sounds right. Norman, yeah, it was like uh, it was Norman, Ian, Carmel. Carmel, know? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brooks, Brooks Wheeling. Yes, that was it for sure. Yeah. Well, we also did. We also shot our half hours the same year. Yeah. But that's the we first time we really chat. I feel like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When we were in Boston. That was a great crew too. That was like a huge. It yeah. was me, you, Brooks again, Joe List. Joe List. Uh, yeah. It was great. Well, that, that, that was funny because that kind of your New York class and our LA class have kind of had the same, uh, you know, comedy growth as far as those things go. Yeah. And then you, you guys, not to make a cheap transition, but you guys have taken it upon yourself to now start your own specials and put them out. And Sam's got a new special out right now. Yeah. Uh, called Up on the Roof. And it's uh, it's up on YouTube right now. On your, it's your, it's it your YouTube page. It's yours. Yeah, I right? just did it this time on my. I did Comedy Central right. YouTube the last time, but it's just you know, time to bite the bullet. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, look, they, the other one did great. It got millions of views. I mean, how many? What was it? The first one got how many? Almost five million. It's like four point six or seven right now. That's crazy. Can you imagine? I mean, that's you know, if only everybody paid a couple bucks for that, right? <laughs> I know. So my mom, my mom says that shit to me all the time. I She's know. like, "Imagine I people know. pay it." I'm like, "I do." 
it's it's yeah, crossed my every mind every day every day <laughs> well that's what sucks is like people don't know uh, look i think the new uh, musicians learned this years ago it was like well you got to give it to them because they 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 need it for free and you need to find a way to monetize afterwards because for us it's about butts in the seats on tour right um same thing with musicians but we just uh, we thought we could get away with it for years and it just you learn it doesn't work it's like they just got to give it to them man you just got to put it out there yeah, man, and uh, I, I very wisely put out a special in uh, February because I was like, I'll tour off this, and then, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, what nothing. happened, dude? Yeah, nothing. But, uh, yeah, so I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to put out another one on roofs because I was doing roofs every – I was literally doing roofs every night, and I thought, you know what? This looks kind of cool. You, yeah. It, it started because I was doing uh, – I did a show in a backyard in Brooklyn, and I get there and like, it's like this pandemic shows are like just a joke, man. So I, I show yeah. up and the, the guy messaged me. He's like, oh, it was supposed to be on a roof, but uh, they threw a party. So uh, we're now in a backyard. <laughs> so so it's like a turf war. There's these like it's turf war for space now outdoors. So right. we, we lost to some young kids who had a, like a party. So now we're in some woman's backyard who uh, is pissed drunk and heckling every comic. She won't let me use her bathroom. So I had to go up to that roof and like find a corner and piss before I went on stage. <laughs> and and then I go on and she's, I just see her, it's her place. So she's just heckling every comic. She's a drunk. Yeah. And, uh, and then finally she's like, she like, I had to like <laughs> negotiate the terms of going on and doing a set. I'm like, you know, I just spent like 40 bucks on a cab. Can I just go up? And she's like, all right, fine. So I went up. And uh, it's not going well. You know, they're not like a hot crowd. It's like a backyard. Right. Like they're all kind of like they've been there for a while. She just heckles me nonstop. And I just start fucking hammering her to the point that I was like mad I didn't have it on recording. And I'm hammering her so hard and it's going so I'm like, fuck, this is a perfect like this is a perfect moment. This is I'm so glad I'm so, someone must be capturing this. No one records it until she comes on stage and grabs the mic from me. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. and she just grabs it and yeah. goes, get the fuck out of here. And that's when I realized <laughs> I needed to record these sets. So then it just turned into yeah. like a whole adventure and, and recording roofs and shit. Well, that clip you put up on your, in, you put it on your Instagram, right? So that or Twitter, it, yeah. One I saw those. it somewhere, yeah. I saw it somewhere. I thought that was hilarious. But that's like the sentiment of why I didn't do a lot of shows. I've only done four to date yeah. um, here in LA. I'm about to do a few more. But... Uh, out here, it was like the city was shutting down shows. And then I did one of the uh, car shows, you know, the parking lot car shows yes. out. To, oh, I'm familiar. And, uh, yeah. That, I did it. I, was that I Matt, did it once. Matt Reif's show? No, it was, um, um, God, I can't remember. It was at the Magic Castle. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, but uh, anyway, she put on a good show. She did. They did a great job. But like, I don't want to be performing to people in cars. It just was not. It's humiliating. It's really, genuinely, and I say that, like, up top, we all make a joke, like, hey, in March, I sold out six shows in Philly, and it's great to be here in front of a Honda Civic. You know, it's like, <laughs> yes. it, it's like, it's yeah. like we, um, we, we we joke about it, but the truth is, the tr it is, it makes you feel like shit. You're like, this is embarrassing. Like, this isn't it what is. I want to do. Not, there is no connection. I, I'm okay with outdoors when I can see faces and hear laughs. Yes. When I'm looking at, like, tinted windows and hearing honks, I'm like, I, I'm good. It, it, yeah. It's taken us back to like how we started when it was all hell gigs, when it was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was talking to Burt Kreischer about this where, where I said, man, do you remember doing Amber shows where you're just like a lot of people don't know comics would do shows where we get on stage 
and it'd be like eight people eating dinner in a restaurant. Like, you ready for right. comedy? And they'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah. And then we just bomb. It was humiliating. Yeah. But it's like kind of what it – because I, I did one of those shows. I remember I left Tulane University and I I, I told – I remember I told these like frat kids. I was like, I'm leaving school. I'm going to be a comedian. And they were uh, – and then I did an Amber show. And the only four people in the crowd were those frat kids who were like, good luck, like you fucking psycho. <laughs> and I just had to bomb for those four kids. And it's like that level of humiliation, it's like it never – like totally leaves you you always remember it and, oh God, and weirdly yeah. those skills like they've kind of come in handy <laughs> you totally know? well dude when i was doing these shows when i did the first couple of shows segura and i did the first show together we had we hadn't done an outdoor show and we both did our first show together it was me segura burr wow um, oh my god I, I know uh erica rhodes um ian edwards and uh oh shit another but anyway I mean, I know a lineup in a guy's backyard in, in Silver Lake, like some Hilarious. random, and uh, and I remember talking to Segura before we went on, and Tom was like, uh, "Are you like, are you nervous?" I was like, "Dude, yeah, isn't that fucking? I have I haven't been nervous in years, but like, yeah. I hadn't been on stage in seven eight months, and I just was so freaked out by it. And then the moment I got back on stage, that exact same feeling of excitement, anxiety, this like this bubbling." pulsating moment and then right as i told the first joke i felt like the old days again it was like but i liked the feeling it, it was like the first time i got high you remember like the first time you got high you're like how could i duplicate this high over and over and then the more you do it the more you like lose that thing and so it felt good to feel nervous again and i try you know uh two weeks ago i did a backyard show and it was i did all new stuff and it was so hard to get through but i'm glad that it's like that's happening again because usually you know, at the store, I get to work out half new stuff, half old stuff, and right. keep blending and blending. But with this, I was like, I might as well just go do all new shit because what? Some so much of my old stuff you don't like anymore. It's like I don't want to do that. It's been months and exactly. it's not relevant. And there's nothing. There's no. There's no. You know, weight to it anymore. So, oh, I was going to ask you when you said those ambush shows. Um, did you ever do um, Captain Brian's show in Marco Island off the oh, hook? Oh, dude, it's like. The closer of my last special is Naples. It's like fuck. Oh, Naples. that's right. That's right. So like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's that's a big. Right. I, right. I get so many messages about Naples, and uh, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. Oh, dude. It's I didn't do Marco Island. I did the Naples one, but I heard Marco, I did the Mar I did the Marco. I heard that yeah, one's even Marco. worse. I mean, that was that was a what? hell gig. Dude, the stage was next to um, a frozen a frozen shellfish buffet. So right to your right, I'm not kidding. Is like is is like humps of 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 uh, shrimp. And yeah, crab we, we can't is, compete with crab. Who doesn't fucking how? like? No, there's not how? a person who doesn't like crab more than comedy. <laughs> it's better than yeah. anything we're gonna say, right? Snow crab or this shitty redheaded guy's jokes uh, <laughs> at that, at six thirty. At six thirty, I think the first show was six or six thirty. Brutal. And then the, and he had to do and his thing was he had to do it early because the second show couldn't go after a certain time because of you know Marco Island. You know, uh, island law. And Hell gig. Oh, dude, it was bombed, so rough. That was one of the worst weekends. I remember uh, I was complaining so much on Twitter about that club because I was just yeah. like getting drunk in the in the back, just being like, fuck this weekend. And Same. to the point that my agent texted me like, you might want to dial it down before the check clears. And I was like, no, it's, it's more important no. to me. Like, I need this as a human right, right. now <laughs> right, to just right. complain. 
that they uh the only thing that the only really uh, fun thing about it and i don't dislike that owner or anything i just i, I don't like that he makes like, you call you uh captain i don't like that oh i know he didn't i i barely saw Chris him, so stefano he, uh, would not do it he was like i'm not calling you captain <laughs> No, I'm not gonna call a man captain. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. But I think no, he was nice gr- enough. He was a nice enough the, guy. The only great thing about that club, or the th- the thing I remember, is there was an Irish pub in the parking lot of the Marco Island, and I became friends with the the owner. Um, his son was this young guy who came to the show, and I still talk to them today. Wow, and. He was great because every night to go drown my sorrows because I was by myself. I didn't have a feature. I was this is when I first was starting the road. I would go to that bar and get shit faced with him, and it was that was a really that helped a ton because otherwise I would have jumped off that balcony that they put me on in the fifteenth store for sure. I would have died at the beach. I was miserable, dude. I I would eat shit for forty it's minutes. It's weird because they think like they think they're doing you a favor, but it's like no, it's like. Yeah. Like, look, accommodations are, are important, but at a certain point, like, if you're just eating shit on stage and then hanging on a beach, like, you're thinking about walking into the river or into the fucking ocean, like, uh, like the writer in the long goodbye. You're like, why don't I just <laughs> yeah, get fucking? Goodbye. Why don't I just? Why don't I just give myself to the sea? It's depressing, man. So, like, I, obviously, like, you want a good hotel, but if it's just one of those gigs that you're like, this is a four star hotel, the crowd's gonna hate you. It's not. It's miserable. Yeah, it's miserable. I did a gig like that in Bermuda where it was like there was a nice ass hotel and then uh, there was a guy coming backstage who was like a fucking psycho and like aggressive as hell with Ida Rodriguez. And I was like, dude, you got to like we got to get security or something. It's not worth it at a certain point. Right. Well, no. Well, and they think it's like they're always doing you a favor. A, uh, uh, Rodriguez. I love Ada. We went to um, this is great, dude. (laughs) I had never done. Cabo San Lucas, uh, Cabo has a comedy festival. <laughs> Dude, I had never done it. They had asked me a few times. And then finally, it's a bad, it's a my, bad show if they're serving drinks with umbrellas in it. That's how you know it's yeah, a bad yeah. show. <laughs> I, I told my, I told my old bag, I told, I told my lady, I said, do you want to go to Cabo for free? Like, let's just go. So we make a vacation out of it. I said, let's just go to Cabo for free. Yeah. They said they'll fly you down. We'll just go have fun. Yeah. And it was so disorganized, and and Ada knows that. Ada knows this. I said uh, they hadn't given me a schedule of shows, and we arrived a day after I was supposed to. So when I got there, they had like a meet and greet and all this stuff and all these comics. Not to sound like this guy, but they were a little surprised I was doing it. They were like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, eh, it's, a vac- "It's a vacation." And then, and then, and then they didn't give me a schedule. So Sam. For four days, I didn't perform once. I got a free trip, and I went back home. That's kind of nice. It was awesome. I'm sure they were livid about it, but I showed up to one of the venues, and there was no one there. Yeah. And, and the poor girl that was like organizing it, she was like, "Are you wanting to go on?" And I was like, <laughs> "Nah, I'm good. I'm good." That's on <laughs> Can you them, imagine? Dude. That's on them. If no yeah, one I know, got in it contact, was. I mean, that's insane. Cabo San Luis. Anytime it's in like a vacation spot, though, you know it's like if there's a Senor Frogs nearby, don't do a it's comedy over. festival. What are you thinking? Yeah, like yeah. If you, if your if your late show is in Margaritaville and Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, <laughs> just bail. I just bailed. I bailed. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not doing this. I'm just gonna go sit sit with my lady at the beach. It, it turned out to be okay, but I felt kind of bad because I was like. These people paid me to come down here. I should have done comedy, but everywhere I went, the show wasn't happening. Or if it was, it didn't start for like two hours after it was supposed to start. I mean, 
Those festivals, until they can get them right, it's so hard to organize. I mean, look, JFL is still a nightmare, and they've been doing it for like 50 years or what. I mean, I don't even know. I know. It's still disorganized. I landed, and I'm just like, I landed. I remember I couldn't get into my hotel, and I'm like, you guys got one fucking job here. Just get me in a hotel. I've been up all night, (laughs) you know? I know. It's it's amazing. And it's like, like, we're all at a comedy shape right now, which is so sad. I mean, what you were talking about before is like, I mean, it is kind of like, why would I? That's why I put out a special because I was like, what am I going to relearn these jokes in like six months yeah. and then do a special? I was just like, I'm done with this shit. You, there gets to a certain point where you're like, I'm done with these jokes. Let me move yeah. on and let me just like learn a new hour, as painful as that is as well. No, but it's, it's, it's helpful. I mean, it, it's, it's worth it because it's going to help you get stronger during a time when I feel like a lot of people are getting not weaker, but getting stagnant. It's, 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 it's going to take a lot of time for people to like rev the engines back up, but you're, you're already around the corner, which I think was smart about it. And it looked good, man. You know, I was kind of jealous of the New York scene got to this rooftop thing was so cool out here. I did one rooftop show downtown (laughs) and it, it was great, but everywhere else you go is in some guy's backyard. And I feel guilty because I'm like, these neighbors don't want to fucking hear oh, me. Yeah. It's and the houses are right there. I mean, in LA, you know, everything's on top of each other, like New York. So imagine being on. We're in some guy's backyard. All of these neighbors are are looking out. I mean, I did a show. There was an old folks' home in the backyard, and they were throwing shit. I'm not kidding. They were throwing shit down yeah. at the performers. <laughs> old people, bro. Old people. That's how, <laughs> we're pissing off. The geriatric generation. <laughs> you're getting they, pelted with they, Werther's originals while you're trying to tell yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah. Just teeth throwing their own teeth. <laughs> it was, it was terrible, dude. It, it was, it was so. It was just a reminder of like of Marco Island. This, yeah, Marco of off the hook. Yeah, <laughs> this it belongs. Comedy belongs inside. I, it's so. Um, oh, I mean, that's the worst part is when you're hard. bombing outdoors. You're like, oh, that, I just told thirty minutes worth of jokes in like seven. It's crazy because yeah. those laughs are just like even when you're doing okay indoors, you can kind of do your rhythm. When you're outdoors, sure, you're just like, what am I fucking doing? So. Uh, yeah, I mean, the New York scene, it was funny when I was in LA for like a while, there were so few shows and then you get back to New York and they're like, it's on 49th street. Uh, and I'm like, where they're like on the street. And I'm like, all right. So I, we literally be doing shows like we're beggars. We're like, it's so humiliating, but also you get a couple laughs, you get a couple new jokes. You're like, I guess it was worth it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it is. I mean, I was supposed to tour with, uh, uh, with Chrissy D and do a couple shows on the East Coast, and I had to cancel because I got COVID, and I zoomed in. Fuck, are you okay? To the How sh- was that? It was fine. I mean, I, I, I'm fine, is what I meant. It was, you know, it was shitty, but I'm fine. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fine. I've talked about it ad nauseum, so at this point, I'm just kind of like it's in my rear view. But it sucks. It was shitty. I hope no one gets it. I know a lot of people in New York. I know there's the it's right. It's uh, getting spread I around heard. right now to the comedy community. I yeah, heard. yeah. It's pretty crazy, yeah. dude. Apparently, everybody has sex with Akash Singh. What, uh, it feels <laughs> well, like. I, I was supposed to do Chris and Giannis's podcast, and uh, they were like, they have yeah. to do it in person. And I was like, all right, they're being careful. And they're like, oh, they're being very careful. And then, like a week later, <laughs> I'm texting Giannis like, you all right, buddy? <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel, I know that. It's it's just crazy how it sweeps and how it works and like, yeah, you know, how you get it or when you get it. It's a whole thing. And I, you know, I just think, uh, I think, it sucked. I'm glad I'm through it. It's not fun. I hope no one gets it. I, that's what I say. Because, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Some people end up in the hospital. Some people don't. I did it. I mean, Michael Yo 
taken six months to like feel good again and Chris Christie like doing jumping jacks out of the hospital. You're like, how the fuck did that happen? I mean, same with even, even Trump. You're like, I mean, how the hell he's not in shape, you know? And, no, and it took no. Melania longer to, <laughs> to rec- like, right. if you're looking at body types, you're thinking she's going to get out of there with more ease than he is. For sure. For sure. Well, but you don't know, dude, those Russians, she's, She's in, she's strange bird, dude. She's been eating cotton for years. You never know what her diet is. But I was but I had to cancel these shows, and so I just zoomed into the shows. But this was my favorite thing to do to Chris, because you know he was telling me afterwards at the first show. I was like, "How was it?" You know, because I couldn't tell via the Zoom. And he's like, "It was fun, yeah. but the reception was hard. It was so far away. It's outside in these fields. You know, like Bargetti's <laughs> doing all these driving shows." I saw that. But they let me zoom in, and the best part was I could say whatever I want, and Chris had to deal with it because he was on stage. So I did a bunch of, you know, there was a, a security guard down next to Chris, this big black dude, and I was like, Chris, tell your N-word joke. Do all those N-word jokes that you like so much. And he was like, that's not real. That's not true. I'm like, dude, do it. Do the, did you, I just like, did you do your Nazi set? Did you do any of that, the, the salute? So I would just do a bunch of, like, anti-Semitic racist stuff, and I would let him have to deal with it. Which is, and then I just clicked out of the zoom it was great oh to just be God. like all right man take it easy <laughs> so he just like he just held your like the phone up no dude they had they had the computer set up where i was broadcast on one of the oh um God. on the screens Jeez. yeah it was kind of, it, it was wild and then so but he had to stand on stage while i was being um racist it was it was so wonderful man it's nothing more fun than setting your buddy up it was like he he loved it you know chris loves oh, yeah. that stuff he walks he walks right into that fire but um but but that was only one thing about about uh, the, doing the Zoom through COVID was I was able to just let it hang him out to dry. But I, I, I am mad. It screwed up doing shows. I missed a vacation. You know, it put me out for a couple of weeks. And, you know, it was so stupid and, and simple. And I, I wish, you know, I wish in retrospect I didn't get it. I just hope I don't feel anything in the future. That's all. Yeah, that's you know? the thing. Is like, is COVID like acid? Is it going to hit you back in like three or four years? Like, fuck. Uh, that's maybe that's, i mean that's the scary thing is is just not knowing but uh what a shitty yeah. what a shitty virus this is you know like well yeah it's all but it's also like i i've started to look at it a different i've, I've gained some perspective in the idea that like you don't know what anything's going to be in three or four years so true. this sucks it sucks i'm through it but like you know i had a family member pass away a couple of days ago and uh oh no it's all good but i think like um you know you never was know when that shit's going to Was your family member gonna... uh, Darth Vader? Is that who it was? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry. I hate to I I know it let the, I know that hurts your feelings. <laughs> but no, he, no, it was, you know, it was like uh one of those moments where you just gain perspective again of yeah. you're like nothing's nothing's guaranteed, dude. And he and he and he didn't pass from COVID or anything. It was just dude, life. Yeah. Life life is fucked shit fucked up shit happened. So, so right. it, it... to sound like a cornball, you know, it's like you have to just enjoy it and and who gives a fuck? Because it's it's over at some point. Any whether you know whether you see it coming or not. Oh, dude! If I saw so, if I saw like just like a year ago that I was doing a rooftop special, I'd be like, "What the fuck happened to the world?" I mean, like <laughs> yeah. we could be performing in like Mad Max in three years. Like right. we don't know what's going right. to happen. I mean, you're uh, right. You I don't know what's going to happen. You gotta. This has really taught me to be present and and a little more grateful for the good things. I mean, yeah. Uh, sometimes you don't realize how good your life was. You're, you're like shit. I didn't realize I peaked playing strip malls, but apparently that was uh, <laughs> those were the good days, you know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, 
honestly, the simple, the simple, the simple getting on a plane, going to a new city, having a good time. Totally. The routine. I, I was watching Bourdain's yeah. show the other day, just like a rerun, and uh, obviously a fucking rerun. I don't even know why I said that, but uh, yeah. but like. That watching those shows, I remember watching him and being like, I got to make the most of every city. I would like, I used to just stay in my hotel sometimes, and then I realized, like, right. why am I not trying to find a cool food spot or like find something cool in the city? And I, I got a little bit better about that, so now I actually really miss like that routine of getting on a flight, trying Me to too. write jokes, trying to come up with some new shit, experiencing the city, experiencing the people, and and now we're where we are, and and we're not going to ever take it for granted again. I hope. Right. Well, dude, I mean, I, I, that I miss a lot. I've talked a lot about that on the show because my dad traveled for years for work and he never really did anything in these cities. And I was like, I, I made it a point. You know, I, I'm a baseball fan. I go to a game in every city. I love that. I love that you do that. Uh, yeah. So, so it's like I, I, I learned early on that I was like, I'm either going to be bored and depressed or I'll be depressed, but I'll be walking around the city. You know what I mean? Like when I was, <laughs> when I was eating. Depression. Sh- around well, yeah. Depression. Champagne depression, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, you might as well be out in public if if the weekend isn't good and <laughs> you're new, you're you're new on the road, and it's so hard anyway. It's like might as well just go enjoy how shitty uh, the experience is. Like, really suck it. I su- I try to suck it up and just do Absolutely. it, even if I was having a terrible time. And if you're alone, it was hard when you're solo on the road, man. Good God! Oh, it's I mean, tough. That, that, it's I mean, my friend Carmen Lynch has a great joke about uh, they say money won't buy you happiness, and she goes, you know, I uh, I cried in a Mercedes once. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, she's funny, she's so dude. Good. She's very. But funny. But I mean, dude, it, you're, it's true. Like you're on the road and you're alone. It it can be tough, but but then also yeah. there is some like there is a piece to it, like that you can just go anywhere. Like sometimes I bring someone, sometimes I don't. But uh, I yeah. love. I love experiencing a new city, man, or just like going to an old city and having a routine. There's something comforting about that. You're like, oh, yes, I'm going to go to this restaurant again, or I'm going to, right? I'm going to, I'm going to link up with this person again. I mean, it, it, there is something. I mean, do you ever, do you ever go? You ever been to Indianapolis? Do you ever go to uh, St. Elmo's? Do you know what that is? I don't. Uh, this is like inside, inside baseball comic talk. This just a, there's a there's like a steakhouse around the corner from the club in St. Elmo's. It's like really famous, old, old indie. Um, so good, man. Anyway, Damn, I gotta whatever. Go. That's, I, that's like you got to go to St. Elmo's. They reference yeah. that in like Parks and Rec or something. Is that like a? I feel like they maybe refer- dude. That sounds familiar. That's huh? like uh, yeah, I've done every club in Indianapolis. Indianapolis, I think Morty's Crackers, Helium, the comedy yeah. ad. Yeah. I think I've done every club in Indianapolis possible. How can a city? How can a city that's not that big have that much comedy? Isn't that crazy? Too much comedy. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's way too much. I remember. Uh, fuck, man. Crackers, I remember I had a, a guy, I was there New Year's, and I was just getting buried by a comic all fucking weekend. <laughs> this guy, he would do okay his whole set, but his closer would just fucking bury me. The bit was basically like, he would say, so I went to a, a Backstreet Boys concert recently, and I noticed they, uh, they serenade a woman on stage with a rose and a dance. So I thought, how funny would that be if I did it to a guy? And he'd bring a guy on stage and he'd do the dance and it would fucking blow the roof off. Of course. To the point. Course. And by the way, the joke is how funny is being gay? Look at this shit. Yeah. That's the entire joke. <laughs> but in Indianapolis, turns out I can't fucking follow that. And like night one no, or yeah. two, I'd be like, oh, well, yeah, look, I guess, you know, it's a, I guess it's a good bit. And then like night three or four, I'd be like, 
yeah, some of us write jokes. You fucking, uh, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. asshole. You hack. <laughs> so, yeah. so like night two or three, we were good. Night three, he was like, fuck this guy. It got, and it the got last weird. Show, yeah. The, the last show, you're like, hey, man, can you take me on stage and dance with me? Because I need a transition. <laughs> At least bring me into your fucking closer. Oh, dude, I, I like that. Those, the, but those experiences and that stuff on the road is what, like, I think helps you just learn the road for when you do it on, you get more independent as you go along. It just, it just, all that shit helps. It just, it just helps shape you, honestly. Yeah. And it's good. It's good fucking material. When you, um, when you were living out here, how long were you out here for? Five, you stayed five out here months. for how long? What was the impetus to move back to go back to New York? You uh, just wanted out I of think, LA. Yeah, I was staying with Taylor, and I think she said, "You're yeah. you're going crazy here. You're a New Yorker. I'm sick of hearing you complain. Go home for a while." And uh, she was right. I needed to. I think it's like yeah, you know, uh, it was good for me to come home for a bit. I'm still here. I'll come back out there, uh, you know, maybe later in the month or something. But uh, right, you know, it, it was much needed, and you know. Uh, I think the pace of New York, I need, I, I can't drive. So that's, that's hard for me in Los Angeles. I'm such a city right. kid. I'm fucking worthless. I, she's also telling me like, well, maybe you'll learn. And I'm like, well, you have friends who know how to drive, who get in car crashes because of all the shitty drivers in LA. Like, how much do you believe in me that I'm going to just like put it together? Like, I think I'm just fucked. <laughs> I think I'm just one of those right. dudes who can't drive. I'm too old. There's a couple of dudes. I've heard a couple of guys. There was for a long time. Um, uh, uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, I had heard that he didn't have a license for like a decade or something like even longer that he lived in L.A. because he didn't want to do it. He was just was like, I'm not getting a license. I don't want one out wow. here. I'm not from here. Yeah, and he did it for a long time. I mean, granted, he's been here now forever, but this was back in the day. He just didn't want to like just didn't want to do it because he was like, it's a, it's a, it's a ripoff anyway. Living here is a ripoff. Cars. It, cars are expensive like all of that stuff is like it's almost more worth it to just uh, back then take a cab now take an uber but i mean you know it, it, I, I get it i get it when people move here from cities that are like i don't want to would you ever move not, would you ever fine. move back to chicago and moved somewhere else or are you, are you staying out there for good I, I i no i mean i i've talked about i've talked on the podcast about um i love denver yeah it's a um, great city yeah i was just, i was just there and uh, i looked at some neighborhoods for fun um I don't know, man. I, I'm certainly not going to follow the Joe Rogan train to Austin. That's not, that's, that's like not my, not your it's, scene. I'm not going to, no, well, I'm not going to blindly just go there because he's there. A lot of people are doing it and I think it's whatever, it's your choice, but I, I just, I, I don't have any stake in Texas. So it's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I've, I've stake in other places that, in fact, we were talking about this. I was talking about this um, to my wife's family, but like, she was like, what cities that have you visited on the road that you love? And I was like, that's interesting. Cause there were cities that along the way I've gone, dude, I would live here. Yeah. You know, like I would like, I, like I genuinely, I think I love Vancouver. It's, it's beautiful. The weather is, yeah. the weather's a little too shitty for me, but I love Vancouver. The I think it's such a gorgeous Vancouver city. The air in Vancouver is weirdly like, you like, especially coming from New York. I'm just like, oh my oh. God, what is that? Not rat piss and, and garbage. That's crazy. <laughs> right. Uh, right. That's right. that's the hard thing when Taylor visits New York is I, I want to like sell her on New York. I want to be like, look how cool New York is. And then it real New York is like a shitty roommate who like doesn't behave when she like, like every time I'm like, how great is this? Like a rat will run out of nowhere. She'll see a dick right. on the train. It sucks. So <laughs> I, I'm really like, I'm just like, ah, come on, behave New York. But uh, yeah, Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal are like three great Canadian cities. So me. good. I, lo I love them. I mean, I loved... Uh, 
I love Nashville when I went there. I've never um, been to Nashville. I, I was booked for uh, the first time at Zany's this year, and I, I couldn't make it, but... uh because you got to go dude it's a great it's such I'd a great to. city I you mean, would go I, to nashville it, it's i mean it's a great it's great i don't know if i'd move there but it's it's one of those spots where when i went i had such a good time you know it, it, it feels like atlanta like i loved atlanta atlanta is so cool. so fun there's so much culture there's so much like there's so much life down there um but I don't know, man. It, it's hard. It'd be hard to just, li- you know, it's hard to pick yourself up and go to a place where comedy isn't part of the social zeitgeist. You know what I mean? Like New York and L.A. and Chicago, it's like embedded in the culture. And you go to those That's other places. Point. I think it's it's just a little bit harder. It's still there, to, but it's not. As, it's not there the way you're accustomed to, and that might that might be totally. T- and also, just picking up and moving, and then you being like, "Oh shit, this isn't this isn't what I want." Like, look, Atlanta's great, but like. They don't have clubs the way LA and Chicago and New York have. And like, right, like Laughing right. Skull is cool. It's like 80 seats. Punchline's cool. It's connected to a diner, you know? Right. It's like, right. It, the room is good, but you're like, shit, I'm in a diner. This is fucking, like, yeah. it's, it's weird that that's your, it, that would be your go-to club, you know? Right. Well, you get, you get used to that kind of stuff, I imagine, but it's also, you know, everyone always talks about it or it's been talked about now. But I think it has a lot to do with like your lifestyle and where you are in your career. People forget they're like, you could live anywhere, right? And just tra-. you're like, eh, kind of like. Well, now more than ever, have- but still, I mean, with like right. with the internet, but like, uh, I mean, still, man, I L.A. Chicago, you bring up is like some comics live there. Chicago is such a cool city, but I, I think a lot of people, oh, I love I think it. a lot of people just look at those winters and are like, I'm good. Uh, That's what I did. Yeah. That's why I couldn't do it. I mean, g- genuinely, I. I just couldn't do it. I, I want to go back at some point or at least be there for a good time chunk of the year, you know, like the, the summer. But it's, it, it, I don't know. It'd be, it just, I don't know if I want to deal with it now that I've been living, you know, I got lost in 75. I got lost in Chicago once and it was so cold that I like couldn't look at my phone because of my fingers. And I was like, I right. can't, I'm not going to find the place. This is like, this is like my <laughs> revenant. This is like as bad as my life has yeah. been. And I could probably just find it, but like no stores were open. I thought I was going to freeze to death for like, you know, a minute. I, I used to, uh, I used to have to bring a, I'd always have a lighter on me. I mean, I also, cause I smoked pot in high school, but I'd always have a lighter to light my car key on fire to get through the, the, my door jams would, <laughs> My the the locks would freeze up, so I'd I'd have to light the key so I could wiggle it in the door lock yeah. to get it unlocked. Prior to before I had a you know we had the whoop whoops on the car keys, you had to physically put the key in, and I'd have to heat it up enough to get through the ice that was frozen inside the lock. It was <laughs> dude, I don't miss that stuff. I don't miss like terrifically shit winters. That's the I mean, car I miss thing the is city. Like, that's not even something I understand on so many levels. Like the winters, the keys. Right. Like I'm so inept with cars. I remember Taylor once got mad at me because she's like. She's like, you're not going to get out and do the gas for me. And I was like, I guess I could figure it out. Let me uh, try to figure out how to do gas. So uh, like I barely, I've done the gas a few times, but I don't really know how to work cars at all. I'm, I'm. That's, that's, that's very funny though. You're not going to get out and do the gas for me. It's like, listen, if you guys want to get paid the same amount as us, <laughs> fill up your that's own what fucking I gas. That's what I should have said. You fucking laid on the law, I should have said, I believe let... Jordan Peterson said it best and just started a huge fight. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're like, you're like Rush Limbaugh says, if you want to be, if you want any respect as a human on this earth, yeah, no, 
the old the old uh the old do you so are you are you big into that by the way is that do you do all that chivalrous stuff like will um, you always open the door and do all that not always but usually i mean i i had a habit i usually do but i don't i'm sure i'm sure i slip up sometimes yeah i don't i mean i guess define chivalry like she pays for a lot of stuff you know she, that's she's good. doing that's she's good. doing well uh yeah make them pay <laughs> they should be paying yeah they should pay uh but I, yeah, I hold doors usually unless here's my thing. I'll hold the door if it makes sense to hold the door. If it's like some log yeah. jam, I'm not going to fucking just like be like standing like a fucking British, you know, like, like right. you're the queen or something, you know, right. I will, I will hold the door though. Usually. Yeah. I'm usually, no, I think it's uh chivalry within reason, That's right? Perfect. Like I'll do, I'll do chivalrous stuff, but um, it has to kind of fit the scenario. Like I, like I don't, I don't believe in like always opening the car door for her. I like, I just like, that's sometimes that's just inconvenient. Yeah, it feels like you're you know showing I mean? off. It doesn't feel sincere. It's kind of like, no, it's almost like you're rubbing their face in it or something. Well, it's also like, uh, <laughs> it sounds, this sounds dickish, but it's like, if you're holding the door for a not so nice car, there's something weird about like holding the door for a piece of shit to get, you're like, you can get in. I'll hold the door. If it was a really nice car, I'd open the door, but it's like, yeah, yeah. let's just get in and get this over with. I want to keep it moving. Are you, um, are you excited that basketball season is going to loop its way around it's, again? It's, so important to my life because I need a distraction I and like I feel bad for these players. They're like, cool, we'll give you two months to recover. Uh, but I'm not e- not even right. Half of those guys, they didn't even stop. They just kept working out because they were like, well, why go home for seven weeks or whatever? I'm so six and a half I'm weeks. I'm so pumped, something. man. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I, and then the games coming up, like all these great games, all these great storylines. I fucking love it. I love the NBA. Did. Did you watch? Uh, uh, did you watch? Yeah, because you and by, for people that are listening, um, uh, Sam has a, a a podcast with Stavros. Um, Love him. How do you say Stavros his last Hulk name? Why, is the funniest. He's the best. Like Hulk is. Yeah, he's hilarious. I I never know how to say his last name, so I just say Stav. Um, but you guys have a podcast together. Do you? How often do you, do you put it out every we week? We do one Patreon a week and one regular a week. You you've been okay, on cool. it. It's it's a lot of fun. I did yeah, it. We yeah. just we don't normally do guests, but when it's when there's like it's like a a slow news time, we'll do guests. We just had Trey Wingo on, who's one of the coolest people. Oh part yeah, of my childhood man. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, he's such a nice guy, but it's. Who reached out? How did you guys get I a hold of him? I met him through Instagram. His son likes my comedy. So he was like, let's be friends. And I was like, okay. So we just awesome. we just chat all the time. He's just a great guy. And uh Awesome. Yeah, I I, I love doing the pod with Stavros and it's it's so it's got me like looking at news stories. Like I went, like now I'm like, I guess Larsa Pippen does fuck around. Like I'm looking at those stories. Like <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. funny that Gustavos is obsessed with the gossip and and all the dirt. And so we start like I'm like I never thought I'd know this much about Tristan Thompson's sex life, but here we are. So <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of fun. I mean, Stav gets obsessed You're- with like. He's like, we should do an episode of like the most fuckable, uh, the most fuckable owners. And I'm like, all right. So we're just talking about like 28 men and two women. That's like what we're ranking. <laughs> so if, who's the mo- who was who was the most? Of fuckable course, owner? Genie Bus pulled it out. Like, there's no really. Well, yeah, because we took into account like. Does James Do- does Dolan still own the Knicks? Oh, Dolan might have gotten second, I think, because of my because <laughs> yeah. I was like he's got to be in the conversation in case there's like a ticket link scenario, right? right but uh, right, right. yeah, no, Dolan, uh, <laughs> he does own the Knicks. Yeah, 
He's got he's got to slide up there for you. I was just gonna say you got to be you have to be political when you choose who you want to fuck yes. because uh, you all, you also want to put yourself in a position where it might actually happen. Like if Dolan gave you the call and was like, dude, you know, lifetime tickets, floor seats for the Knicks. You got to fuck me though. Are you doing it? I fuck him. Yeah, you got to fuck Do, him to completion. Yes, uh, that's gonna be tough. I mean. Look, I, I think, yeah, I think I'd probably do it because I, like, yeah. I, I have some dark memories, maybe some PTSD, but I'm on the celebrity row cam every night. Let's fucking dance, right. dude. That's just chilling, watching a game what? with Tracy Morgan. Yeah, that sounds worth it to me. What if, but what if, the, what if, what if, uh, <laughs> we sat behind, if, we what? sat behind Tracy Morgan, you know, Anthony DeVito is like one of my closest friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. DeVito and I, yeah. were, they gave us floor seats to a game once. Cause we used to do a show for MSG and we're behind Tracy Morgan. And for whatever reason, Michael Beasley just fucking went off. He had like 35 on the Celtics and Tracy Morgan just keeps turning around to us with like just the most nonsensical, like trash talk. He just turn and look at us and go real animals eat meat. And we're like, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were just dying. That dude, that dude is a, that dude is a treasure that I'm glad is oh, still making he's comedy. He's so funny. He's, a, he's so fucking He's funny. one of those guys that should never go away, man. Like he should be, st- he should still be putting out specials as long as yeah, he can. He like, rules. cause though you have to cherish those guys. Cause one day they just give it up and they're just, they're, they're overworked. And uh, there's so much new shit out that you're like, I like to see new comics but I do like to see the old generation still pumping out. Oh, shit. dude, it's just nice. Years ago, I, I watched Tracy Morgan at the cellar. Uh, Louis had just gotten off stage. It was probably like five years ago. And Tracy Morgan's walking in and they passed each other. And I just witnessed the interaction where Tracy Morgan goes, I hope you left some pussy on the bone for me. And Louis's like, I did. He didn't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> I feel like he was just like, I, I sure did for you. <laughs> What if you saw? What if Louis was doing rooftop shows now? Is Louis still? Is Louis bouncing around New York at all? Does anybody I see him? I think he is. Yeah, I, I ran into him a couple of times. I I, I think yeah. he's doing shows. Yeah, I saw him at the Stress Factory. He was doing shows, and uh, yeah, he's he's. Made- no, I mean, but catching him doing a rooftop show would be wild as fuck. You know, <laughs> Louis on a Louis on a roof would be fucking. I mean, it's just kind of like that. Now nothing surprises me. Like I said, like me, me and Burr. Did I mean Segura did stand up in the bed of a pickup truck? It's yeah. like there is no rules anymore. Well, that's so I'm sure now it's circling well, people around. People like that, and like I feel like all of us, we do kind of romanticize the the struggle of this as well. So, I mean, like yeah, yeah, there is something kind of beautiful about it. Like if you're like really into stand up, you want to experience the shittiest moment of our lives in stand up, sure. and you can kind of like. I mean, that was the the roofs became fun for me. I just kind of like once you lower the bar and you're like, this is what those laughs sound like now. Like a couple of those jokes I had before the pandemic. So I know what they what the laugh they should have gotten in my head sounded like. And then you even in my special, I hear the laugh and I'm like, that's a bummer that that's the laugh it got. But I want it to be done with it. So, uh, well, that's I mean, you so you didn't do a lot of on on your special. You kind of left it as is. It's, It's nice because. It it's edited, it's cut, yeah. but it feels more raw. It's it pretty feels raw. more. Um, I mean, we cut in some ugliness because yeah, there were moments like we cut in a whole montage of Mike's not working, which is like part of it. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, I I felt weird. Yeah. I didn't want to act like this was some glossy production when it just wasn't. So we kept in a moment where I told a story about a crackhead on the street, and some woman at dinner overheard me and goes, "You're you're an incel. You're disgusting." And I was like, why? She goes, you're offensive. And I was like, I kept asking why. And she wouldn't tell me. And then we walked down the street and some woman goes, oh, I love your comedy. And I just kind of say, well, that's fucking, that's New York. They love you one minute, they hate yeah. you the next. So 
so it's kind of like I wanted to keep all all the ugliness in because that's that's what we're living through. There there are some real highs and lows right now. Right. I mean, and honestly, it's it's uh, it's just a reflection of a, of what's going on, which I think was great about it. Because I, you know, people are putting out. You know, Kevin Hart just right. put out a special and. You know, it, there's something about, and this is my stupid opinion, but the glitz and glamour of that of all these specials that are still coming out, something is being lost because, right. you know, you know, like they say, like great music and great comedy are a, are a reflection of the time. Absolutely, that's and a great point. I think with that, with those glossy specials, it's like they're not addressing the reality of the world. I mean, you don't have to like live in it and talk about it all the time, but it 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 doesn't present itself in a way that's truthful. These and that I feel that way about a lot of specials. I mean, like the way that we're getting now, I think we're starting to learn that like the glitz and glamour and the bit and all that shit, the show off special that everyone used to want. I think that's slowly going to go away because it just feels, it just feels so well, fake. It's, cool. it's like it's well, that's cool not when what you, this is. When you like the first time when you're like in a theater and you're like, well, this is amazing. Yeah. But then you're kind of like, well, this isn't what I'm even used to. This is so weird that this is what I'm right. doing. But then, so I guess like you see those specials, like right. Dane cook did the garden and you're like, Oh my God, this is insane. Right. But then what does he do his next special? It's for like 12 people or something because right. you kind of right. go back to like what you really like. You kind of have that show off special, but then you're kind of like, no, nah, this is what comedy is to me. Like is what I love. So I also right. love the point you make about just reflecting the times. Like I love old movies. I love film noir. I love like yeah. old, those old detective flicks from the forties. And those were made because of like world war two and, and like a reaction to those dark times. And I kind of love that. And right. everyone's talking about New York going back to being shitty, but like, think about all the movies that gave us, right? We got midnight cowboy, taxi driver, mean streets, right. Uh, right. all these great, great gritty movies. I'm not saying, it creates a safe environment, but it does create some cool art. Oh yeah, well, I, no one's going to write a movie about New York in in 2017 when everything is <laughs> fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not. It's no one's going to write that movie. There's not enough. Not not to say that you always need bad to make good, but you need perspective yes. to kind of you know to learn. When th- I, I will say it is interesting. Like things were going so smooth. In terms of the economy was good, culture was uh, was progressing. We were changing. Times were going, and then this kind of threw in this crazy wrench where you're like, "Oh, uh, things were kind of shitty. You just didn't realize it." You know what I mean? So it'll flip everything on its head, and then when we come out of this on the other side, it'll be better or worse. But the good thing is it'll change. I think we needed some kind of change to happen. There was kind of this monotony that was taking place i'm not saying this is good for us right, but like we were going through the motions i think you're totally right i think a lot of us were going yeah. on autopilot for a while and uh i mean i was for I sure think i was, I was too. for I sure think on you autopilot. get into that yeah. groove and and uh you're right i think sometimes like even with the protests you're like oh shit this happens we for, like things were going yeah. so smooth smoothly that you forget that <laughs> that's so, that right people are unhappy and and shit happens right. and like Sometimes you're in this comedy bubble where you're just losing yourself in work that you forget to be a human. And I feel like this pandemic has reminded some of us to like be present and and, and a person. Totally. Do you well speaking of which, do you want to talk about Sam was very big. He led a protest of all of All Lives Matter. And that was you were like the that was yours, right? That you were the big me. proponent of I All was Lives like, Matter. You know what? Yeah. No one's talking about this. The other one's getting a right. lot of press. Um, right. <laughs> I went to a couple, I will tell you this. I went to a, a few black lives matter protests and I did notice there's a white guy climbing a tree at every protest, which I don't know. For I don't sure. know why, but it's fine. You, you always, I can, I can, tell, you can you. tell me that 
Yeah, that guy. That guy. He worked out a lot in college. <laughs> he played. He played a little bit of Vision Three ball, you know, and he kind of misses those days. He's progressive. He's woke. He's aware. But when he goes to those protests, he feels like no one's paying attention to him. So if he climbs a tree and does a couple chit ups or something, yeah. it gets attention. It gets noise. He might make the paper. I know this guy, yeah. by the way. I know these guys. Yeah, yeah. I went to high school with these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're the first guy to be like at a stoplight. You know, when you like walking drunk through a city with a friend that's like, I'm going to do a pull up on that, si- yes. on, the, on the, you know, on the, yeah, that guy, that's the same, same guy dude. that you're like, why are you doing a, f- why are you doing a fucking pull up on the, don't do that. You look like an idiot, but we all kind of stare and watch because you're like, it is kind of cool. 16, 17. Yeah. yeah, it's great. If you can do it, it's a shit. It's, it's so funny about showing off. I wa- oh, dude, you would love this. Um, uh, uh, um, I am athlete is a podcast. Uh, have you ever seen I am athlete? I do you know, know that? It. Oh, dude, um, uh, Marshall, T.O., Chad Johnson, wow. Fred Marshall Taylor. Falk. No, 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 no. Um, uh, uh, wait, who did I say? You said Marshall. Uh, Brandon, Brandon oh, Marshall. Okay. Marshall um, Falk was like my favorite player to watch. That, Maybe uh, ever. That, yeah, I mean, in yeah. his prime, it was like, holy shit. Like, he was just the so, most fun video game type guy, too. He was just the best. Yeah. It's almost like the the symbol of that Rams helmet was built for him to spear yes. people with. You oh, know? dude, he was. It was like beautiful, was like ergonomically designed for him to murder people as he ran through humans. Um, but the I am athlete brought up a great point that I that um, I loved. Uh, uh, John, uh, CJ, and To were talking about how um, unfair it was for so long that they took away end zone dances. <laughs> And I thought this was an interesting point that he goes, I lost millions of dollars. They, they fined us millions of dollars yeah. for doing these dances. Um, and collectively, you know, he goes, I, I, you, where did the money go? Not to any charity. Didn't go to the right yeah. place. You know, it, it went to the... It, so what, what a crock of shit that was because they, they argued it should have gone to Play 60 to their youth program or any of the other sponsorships. And I, and I totally agree with this. CJ said, they should, our fines should go to the charity of our choice. I was like, dude, that's a great... It's a great idea. NBA does then, the same shit. They all do this where they where they're right. like it's like disciplinary action, but what who are you helping? Also, I find it a little fucked up that these players are getting CTE and long-term brain damage. They can't fucking dance. Like that's Yeah, no. Well, that's why they can now because right there was so much clapback in the the NFL, they called it the No Fun League because they took away end zone dances, celebrations, um, uh, uh, even jawing, even people that were jawing too yeah. much, they were throwing flags for un- for for uh for people talking too much shit. You were like, what? It, what? What has this become? This is an entertainment league. It's this the is more fun. Violent league, <laughs> other than like right, MMA, right. right? It's like the most vi- or UFC, right. the most violent league, and and you can't talk right. shit. The same shit. I was just listening to this podcast uh called Whistleblower about Tim Donahue. You know who's oh yeah uh, the, yeah you know the referee who. The greatest ref of all time. Who rigged games, but they're talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Rigging. In the first episode, they say how he, uh, how Rashid Wallace, he just gave him two quick technicals and she didn't say shit. And then she right. waits for him after the game, like talking shit to him, gets him suspended like seven or eight games, costs him $1.8 million. And, and it Holy was, and it was shit. fucking, so they, I guess Joe Dumars, who was the Pistons GM, called him at the time and said, uh, when they found out about Donahue, hey, Rashid. Uh, you were right. I don't know if we got the money back, but like, no, that money's gone. That money is gone. Yeah. That's the thing is they take that those those fines get lost. And what CJ was saying was, you know how unfair it is that now they have a celebration camera. He goes, can you imagine? I mean, like what? Like 
what a what a hypocrisy that we could for years. Then you told us no, so you fined us out the face. Then you took it away. He goes, um, I don't know what the legal term is, but he's like, we should do a, a player's suit against the NFL to get that money back and at the very least it be given to charity, which I thought Great was idea. genius. Great idea. And he was Goodell like, and he goes, fucking, go in the books. Goodell is such a shitty owner. I mean, it's like, it's oh, yeah. insane. I feel like he's like the dude that makes every wrong step. And like, like, look, David Stern for the NBA, that guy was mobbed up, no question. But he was like cool. He 100%. was cool mobbed up. Where like he seemed right. like like smart as hell. He knew uh he knew how to like, you know, grease the, like all the like, you know, right political moves. But uh right. with with Goodell, it just feels gross. Yeah, there's something wrong about it. Well, it's it. just it's just it's just it's it's uh I feel like it's there is there's no true connection to um uh, a, a, an idea of an organization organically, yeah. right? So for me, he does whatever he thinks he's supposed to do. This is another thing that they brought up on the podcast was um, Belichick got fined, a ma- you know, the mask, uh, the mask fine on the sidelines. You know, the coaches I think get fined a hundred k if they're in violation. Yeah, aren't and, they? Aren't and, they doing and, rapid uh, tests for everybody too? It's I don't understand. Not only, not only are they testing. Listen to how crazy this is in the locker room, on the airplane, and on practice days. They don't have to wear any masks. There is no NFL requirement. So what 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 T.O. was optics. saying was it's all yeah. optics. It's of optics, course. and it and it, it it is. It's so the NFL can show fans like we care, but it's like no you no you don't give a shit. You don't care and at all. Especially T.O. So who he, gave everything to the game. The guy played with a fucking broken leg. Like you can't know, question that dude's Not, heart. I mean, I know he got a lot of bad press for his personality and being all about him at times, but like he had heart. But truth, but truth be told, uh, he talked about that too. Was like, what did I do wrong besides being, um, being a little bit like confident and boisterous? Like he talked about the Dallas Cowboys moment where he stood on the star and spread it, spread his arms. That and, was hilarious. By the you know, way. well, well, it wasn't premeditated, and he he actually talks about it that would George um, Teague just fucking the, drop them, dropped them. I mean, smoked them. Well, he said it was because that his was awesome. the, the receiver, one of the receiver coaches said. Um, when they were taking the tour, you know, when they do tour of the stadium before and they before they run practice, he was looking. And there's, if you look up from the star in, in the stadium, there was a, you know, there's a hole. There's a the roof yeah. is movable. And he said um, something to the effect of like, you you know, you break through the ceiling and show them it's your house. Wow. And so subconsciously, <laughs> when when he scored that touchdown, he goes. I just ran to that star and looked up through the roof because of what he said to me before the game. It wasn't spitting on the star it wasn't you know fuck dallas he's like it was just this um this moment that like i he, when he said that before the game it laid in his brain was like i'm a bust through this yeah. roof and it but no one those stories are too late to be told because the paper the paper was like show off asshole disrespect you know it's like they 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 ruined the did truth not, because did they just throw like donovan McNabb kind of under the bus though Sure, sure. <laughs> That's because I, I don't. I don't care about all the flashy shit. I care when you're like bad to your teammates. That's when I'm like, I because I I was a yeah, fan but, of To for sure. I mean, his talent was like same. remarkable. I, I I just think there's so much more going on behind the scenes that we'll never oh, know totally. about. And the good guys are the good guys are always going to look like the good guys. The, the bad guys are always going to look way yeah. worse. They're never like, you know, Peyton Manning could have been treacherous to people. You'll never find totally. out. Was he? I don't know, but will the league show that? Never Too in important. a million Too years. Too important to the league. Absolutely. Yes. So, so again, Too going back to this, 
these organizations, the NFL does such a bad job of being original. They just will do whatever they think they're supposed yeah. to do. They whatever you know with the taking a knee shit and Kaepernick. It's like all this goes back to the NFL going. What 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 does everybody want us to do? They have no opinion. They have no stance. They coddle. He coddles to everything, and then. That's why people talk shit and they hate the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't get when people like, look, whether you're for or against the protests, like it's it's a part of life. It's a part of sports. Like it's always been a part of sports, you know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, of I course. Mean, you could say there's no place for protests in sports. Well, I mean, shit, Jackie Robinson wasn't that long ago. Bill Russell on the Celtics dealing with insane racism wasn't that long ago. So I always say like, right. you don't have to tune out for the national anthem if you don't want to watch it. You know, play Right. By the way, I've never, I've never watched the national anthem. I've never watched it on TV. And you I've can never, be, I've never stuck you around. You can be like for the troops and for a person's right to. I think that's what most people kind of are for the troops and for yeah. a right to protest. So, you know, uh, shit, man. Uh, I, I, no, you're no, you're I, I right. Totally, you're right. I don't you, like you when people both. say shit like, "Well, they should just do it in private," and I'm just like, "Well, that's not a protest. That's uh, right. <laughs> the protest is meant to disrupt." Uh, so right, right. So people can pay attention to it. It's there's a moment that it deserves to. It, you you need to have your I've voice heard to, in whatever the way you get I've your voice heard. I've talked to people you know? who disagree with it and people who agree with it, and I I'm interested in both their point of views. I I, I kind of just am like, you know what? I I think it costs you know, people money. I think it's cost Kaepernick money. Maybe he got a lot of it back with that Nike deal, but even with the NFL, like, yeah. or the NBA, like it's, <laughs> although the, the NBA player who wants to really like cost himself money at this point, like what if Gordon Hayward was just like, all lives matter, dude. <laughs> I, I think they all fucking, <laughs> yeah. like, that's how you really, that's brave in the NBA, but in the NFL, like, Right. Caruso, Caruso comes out with a, a a Hitler tattoo, a Nazi tattoo on his American back. American History yeah. X just yeah. takes it off. Right, Except right, instead right, of American right. History X, it's just like LeBron dunking on him every fucking play. <laughs> the worst scrimmage ever. Yeah, no. It, it's just, uh, uh, I just, you know, I, I, I think that it, it's become... This is the problem that I have, and we got political for no reason. I don't know why, well, we're but keeping like, it, we're keeping I thought it light, of, though, I think. Yeah. Well, I thought about it the other day. Uh, well, I don't really care. This is how I feel. You know, like, I was watching, a, there's a commercial for a washer and dryer, Whirlpool or somebody or whatever, <laughs> and and the song that they're yeah. playing is um, uh, Old Dirty Bastards, um, Hey Dirty, Baby, I Got Your Money, oh, you yeah. know, um, and I, and I was sitting watching it with my wife's parents and we're sitting there watching the commercial and when it's over, cause they changed the lyrics to, Hey, dirty baby, I got your laundry. Ooh, don't you worry. <laughs> right. And I, and I thought about it. I thought this is a room full of white executives who, 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 who think it's cute. Right. But it's like the same people that are upset sometimes when culture goes too far right when they're like wet ass pussy is an offensive song yeah. but in 30 years if they could change it to wet you know wet ass pants <laughs> and it's like are your pants you know what i mean like whatever they can do to fit their agenda and their narrative because i go can you imagine if 20 years ago when that song came out baby i got your money if those same people would have liked that song it's about hookers it's about being a totally. pimp to hookers yeah. And you're like, oh, now it's a whirlpool. Now it's okay, corporate. It's like America gets mad. And this is what I'm talking about, protests and stuff. America gets mad at Black Lives Matter protests in in, in the sports only because it's so combative towards their 
towards towards what they're okay with, right? But in 20, 30 years, much like music, they're okay with it because it's cute now. You know, to say like, to, when, when your aunt uses the words on fleek or like, you know, uh, that's lit. You know what I mean? Like they'll take, they're okay with it as long as it's gone through a certain amount yeah. of time. It's like a, it's like then, a Brita for them filter. to then adopt it's just, it. It's got to go through the proper right, right. routine. I, yeah, you're totally right. Right, right, I mean, right. Yeah. right. Maybe I want your laundry. It's so upset. If, imagine being like a diehard Wu Tang fan, and you're just like they'll fucking they'll never they'll never get his they'll never get ODB's music, and just seeing that commercial and just right. dying on the inside. Well, that's what I love. But that's what I love about the hypocrisy of America with stuff like that. Is like we're only okay with with culture of and it it doesn't offend us only if. Um, it fits like what we're okay with because like wet ass pussy pissed off all these people, but I'm it, they don't talk about music from 20 years ago that they were mad about because now it's tame. You know what I mean? Like that shit was, it, it was nothing. Right. Now. now it means nothing. Back then, oh, they were so mad at Eminem. You know what I mean? They're so angry at Eminem, and now he's old. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody. Well, once, they once don't care Eminem, anymore. Uh, saying with Elton John, they were like, "All right, it's safe, everybody. We can all come out." You know, right. Yeah, for sure. Right, Nelton John, he, they, you know, they asked him, they were like, well, he says fag a lot, and aren't you offended? And he's like, this is, we're making up stories, and it's the same thing with what we do on stage. It's like, not all of this is real, and not all of this matters. It, this is, we're just, we're sparking conversations, sparking ideas, making you think about some shit that you, may, you might not think and about. it's behind people's back. Who cares? And it's not, it's like headline grabbing, and it's, and it's, you know, it's baiting people rather than like looking at them as a totally. human being like, well, maybe he's a, like the Eminem I think of is like Monday Night Football seeing Al Michaels like, oh, my God, you're a legend. Like, that's hilarious. That's that's Eminem, like right. that childlike wonder right. as well. So, you know, people can be more than one thing. You can you can be like, he's a homophobe and like, all right, maybe he grew up differently than you. Maybe it's going to take him a longer time to be like, oh, maybe I should say that word less or maybe maybe he won't come to right. that conclusion, but maybe don't. Maybe like hammering people the way we hammer people and trying to shame them into having the views that you have is not the way to change their mind either. So look at them right. as a human and and don't just try to like, I hate this mob mentality on the internet where you just like, like this person did this, attack. It's so fucking, right. it's so right. pointless. Right. You're not changing anyone. You're humiliating someone. It's for you. It's not for them. Totally. Totally. I also think there's a big moment now that's coming around, and I think it's on its way, that we're going to start having conversations with people that we disagree with um, instead of just burning them to the ground. We're, we're holding people accountable in a different way. I think that'll be the new thing will be, well, tell us why you think that way. I think if more people are given platforms to explain why they said something or did something, we'd be better off than just trying to kill someone for saying something that we don't agree Twitter with. Twitter needs like, more characters before we can, before we can attack a new no shit. Coming, I know, no characters. Shit. That's why people are like, <laughs> like this person said this and then you fucking just slam them. It's like, it's like, right. it's also with our politics now. It's like, it's set up to dunk on the other person. It's not, you're not, you're not totally. going to get retweets if you're just like, well, this person thinks this and I think this and we'll work together. Like what's going to get more retweets? Right. Biden saying, this is time for us to come together or Trump writing rigged, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> which one's, which, which one's going to get more eyeballs? Which, which you and I both retweeted <laughs> often. A lot of Trump, a lot of Trump rigged. I love the rig. I'm going to retweet it. That's what I, I said that on stage. I said, everybody loves Biden and you hate Trump. And I understand it. All these people are so angry at Trump, but I will say all of my friends, myself included, I follow Trump. Yeah. 
on Twitter. Am I am I going to follow Biden? No right. chance. There's no way he's going to say anything funny enough for me to follow. So whether we like it or not, we were obsessed with Trump. You, we hated everybody hated him. That they said that all these people that said they hated him, uh, they still followed the dude and constantly, constantly were invested in what he was doing and saying. It's fascinating to think about from a social experiment. Like I would never follow Biden. I would never follow. I, I just it would never be. It just wouldn't interest me. Totally. Do you know what I mean? I mean like you, you follow, follow, you follow, you follow what follow you hate. Car, you follow the car crash is what you follow. I mean, of course, it, it makes total of course. sense. I mean, it's funny, like how, like what we react to, because you think, because everything going viral now, you think, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. I remember at one of those debates in like 2016, when it was Trump and uh, he said something about Carly Fiorino. Remember her? He's like something about how she's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah. look at her, like something about her being ugly. And <laughs> and she and she goes, great. I think the American people heard him loud and clear and everyone responded. I was like, wow, she got him. And then the next day he's just like, right. He's just like, fine again like it only the 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 zing only works if it's mean it doesn't work if it's like right. the dignified thing in the moment you're like wow but the thing that gets the stain power is like the insult line right what is it uh um is it better to be uh, is it better somebody said this to me yesterday uh i don't know if it's from bronx tale he said is it better to be loved or hated and it says uh hated because they remember you longer or it lasts longer what's uh, that quote do you know, know what i'm quote. talking about the one i remember for bronx tales oh, god there's nothing worse in the world than a, a man's wasted potential that's the whole thing that's exactly right that and uh that and no uh, interracial dating that's what i remember from bronx tale well yeah what are they doing in our neighborhood that's another one that and that's something that you know i know i i know you support heavily i'm i'm just trying to throw you under the brush with the all lives well, matter protest but <laughs> And honestly, people do need to go to Sam's website. They you were, can donate asking, to All Lives Matter on Sam's website. All Lives Matter. What is a Jew doing here? And I said, why don't you guys back off? <laughs> um, no, you know. Now you and and honestly, I I didn't know you were Jewish, and knowing that, I'm not going to be able to put this podcast out. I'm <laughs> sorry it. about that. We man. had a good talk though. I don't want to. I don't want to associate with you guys. No. Uh, what? Who said? Uh, somebody said uh, the other day. They said. Um, <laughs> Something about how many Jewish comics you know versus how many non-Jewish comics you know, and I said, uh, "Well, I, I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you because a lot of my friends that are Jewish, they try to hide it. I mean, some better than others, um, and the ones that don't hide it as well need to take a, they need to, you know, take a lesson because I, I didn't know that you were Jewish before yeah. this, Sam, and um, now that I do, I, I, uh, I'm a little about upset. ten years ago, I featured from Mark Marin in." Um, yeah, rooster tea feathers. Not bragging, but we were working rooster tea feathers and in, in uh, yeah. Sunnyvale, and we it was a great weekend. We had a lot of fun. But I remember he he pulled me aside. You know when you're like a younger comic, and you know a guy you respect kind of says something kind of you. It's like, uh, he said, "You're a real hide the Jew." That's what he said to me, and I was like, well, "What does really? that mean?" And he goes, "You don't talk about it enough on stage." He was like annoyed, and then I saw him years later at JFL, and and he said. We started chatting, and and he, he said, "How how was your set?" I said, "You know, I actually opened with a Jew joke because you called me a hide the Jew tonight." And and he said, uh, "I got gotcha. you." <laughs> I was like, "Jesus, <laughs> you're a real hide the a Jew." Funny term. Well, I think I I I I, I, I mean, because he well, but he doesn't. I guess he does, huh? He that does was a different a insult lot. in World War II Germany. You're a real hide the Jew. You just said that to nice families that hid Jews. <laughs> <laughs> well, also speaking of which, you are the only. 
you are the only Jewish male comic I know with a World War II joke. So <laughs> eat your heart out, Eliza. <laughs> yeah. That's uh... <laughs> yeah. You're the only one, dude. Yeah. You're the other one. Um, but uh, uh, but genuinely, I mean this. Uh, I do like you, even Thank though you're you, Jewish. Man. You I are you're a, gra- you're a great dude. <laughs> you're a great dude. You're a great Thank comic. You, and um, people people do need to watch. Um, go watch uh, up on the roof uh, on uh, on Sam's YouTube channel. Uh, amongst a million other clips that you post, you're really great at that, man. You are good at like putting new content. I'm up. always nervous so to post shit that isn't a joke. I'm always yeah, but wh- who cares? Who, like that's how I. You know what I've learned is like I'm no longer posting for my friends yeah. anymore. I'm po- I'm posting for my yeah. fans. So like whatever I think is going to be fun with my fans, I don't give a fuck if any of my comic friends like it anymore exactly. i'm too grown exactly. for that shit i just see it's a at some point you're like fuck you dude this is for me and the people that like my comedy or what i do and all the nuances of it whatever it is that you you know need to it's put like out performing there so for friends at a certain point you got to perform for you and and the people that come out it's you know some of those comics early on remember those comics early on that just fucking murder at open mics but they could not they yeah, could oh, yeah. do well on real shows and at mics they were like this is the funniest person i've ever seen and then you see them from a real audience and you're like you can't do all sodomy jokes you can't like <laughs> these are normal people yeah. you gotta yeah. you gotta shift a little you gotta right. shift gears I still know some of those guys and they, and, uh, that's a, I think that's a detriment is being a comics comic. It's a great thing, but comics aren't going to pay your rent or your mortgage. Right. So at some point you have to go, I want to preserve my comedic integrity, but I also, I want to, I want to connect totally. with fans. Like I, 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 you, you, too much inside baseball never is going to totally. work with, with audiences. So I think you've done a great Thank job, you, honestly doing that. You're, 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 uh, you're, you're, you've grown, so much as a comic, uh, genuinely from over the years, which is great to fucking see. And this special is is very oh, very man. funny, Thanks and it's good. You you touch on some you touch on some personal shit, which I think was, uh, I think that's huge. Not everyone needs to I don't do, do that. It enough. I'm, I, I I probably like I definitely like hide certain things. Probably just out of like in bed. You hi- you hide <laughs> the Jew. You hide the Jew. Yeah. No, but you should. You not everyone needs to divulge their deepest, darkest. Not everyone is going to well, be very conscious of it, like sounding that, like a therapy you know. session as opposed to a comedy show where I'm like, all right, are, is this right. funny enough? I don't want to just share shit that isn't funny. Like, we've all done that where I'm just like, did I just tell them right. something humiliating that had no joke? Like, that's not what a show is, right? So, I, I'm always right, I'm very conscious of that when you, when you do that, like, one man show type of thing, and there isn't, there isn't just a funny ending to it it needs something it's still comedy it's not just share sure yeah but you it needs it needs a yeah you it still needs the the breadth of comedy in there and it, like dave Chappelle has become so prolific and and he he's trying to get so many messages across that a lot of times i don't think he gives a fuck about being a, a, a doing comedy or being a comedian he inherently is but he's at a stage now where he's always trying to drive a message right. you know what i mean like it's it's very embedded in what he says, and I think that's something that comes with time too. It depends on what stage you are in your life and your comedy sure. and all that stuff. Well, you, I think you hit it on the head um, with doing this special now at this time. I think it's smart. I hope people go watch right, thank it. Thank you so much um, for having me, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, dude, it's 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 great, dude. Honestly, I I really appreciate it, and it's good to know that you also you have a. Uh, it's good to know that you have a father that. Uh, that ran away from you. I had a great dad. I always try it's to nice. say, I don't want to get like, I hate when you get the, oh, and the, I'm like, no, I, I had a great yeah, dad yeah, yeah, raised yeah. me. So I, 
And, you know, my mom right. uh, got married when I was like seven or so. And he was like, basically, you know, sure. he's, he's my dad. I love him. He's the best dad. But people, I want right. the jokes to hit. I don't want people to go, oh, but it's funny to me. I mean, my right. fucking biological dad lives nine blocks to me. And to me, that's fucking hell. I've had to like dodge him before. It's so, that's New York where I'm just like, shit, do I have to do a stop and chat with my fucking dad? You know, it, does he still, he still lives yeah, that close to you? he does. Holy shit! I kept shit, in a burn. Really? I I made Phil. I was at dinner. With, I know you know Phil Hanley and uh and yeah, Phil yeah, yeah. Hanley and I, one of my best friends, were at dinner and he. I said, you know, he lives. My biological dad lives in artist housing, and I, I, you know, he's not even an artist. And Phil goes, well, he's an escape artist, and everyone laughs so escape artist laughs so that. hard yeah. that I made him retell <laughs> the joke with the cameras rolling because I was like, it's so it's yeah. so funny to me, and uh, you know, he is. It, it look, dude, that that. That that kind of truthful stuff to me will always be worth it. Like that's always worth that, giving that out, doing more, ex- exposing yourself a little bit in that regard to your your comfort level. I think is great if you're able to talk about it and you want to. It's funny, man, because that shit that shit's funny. And then you know who knows in five years we'll see you. You'll have a CBS show of dodging my dad <laughs> in New York. It'll be a <laughs> Sam Morell is dodging his dad. Your dad will be Richard Kind or something like that. And, I'm hoping. Actually, I want, did I just? I, want, I just wrote I want a really Elliot great cool. show for you. I want the old school Jew, and he was a cool. He was like the coolest <laughs> right. Jew in the, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, man. All right. Well, we'll set it up. I'll call some executives <laughs> over there. I'll call up. Uh, I'll call up Moonves. Less, less Moonves. Uh, in the meantime, check out Sam's special. Um, he's the best. I Thank appreciate you, you so doing much this for um, me again. And uh, we we end this show. Uh, yeah, man. We end the show the same way. Uh, one word or one phrase. I'm gonna walk off camera, and then you look in the camera, and you end the episode saying one word or one phrase when you're ready. Hope this ends soon. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me five dollars for the whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers.